lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven on earth together under one head, even Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. And all of this, of course, is to the praise of his glory. May God bless the reading of his word. Let's stand as we sing. Thanks, Brian. I like that song a lot, and not only for its message, but because the writer gave the bass some good harmony there. Uh, Usually the tenor gets to sing all the pretty harmonies, and the bass is just sort of down there, and that one he gives us a little bit of nuance. I like that. Well, I guess today, for most of us, marks the official end of the holidays, which means a lot of things. For uh, many of us, it's back to work or back to regular schedule at least, back to having the house to yourself maybe, just things going back to the way that they usually are. And being the end of the holidays, you probably have opened all the presents you're going to get. Maybe. Maybe you have. Maybe there's still some under the tree that you have yet to pick up and open. I was thinking about this through the week, and Friday, Robert Hernandez and I were having lunch at a restaurant, and I noticed that on a table over next to us, either a family or a group of friends were still exchanging presents. So I thought, well, see, there are presents maybe for people still to be opening. Another thing it reminded me of was uh, what has become a standard tradition over the past few years in our family, watching portions of the marathon presentation of A Christmas Story on TBS. At least 24 hours, maybe longer than that. They run that movie over and over and over again. And uh, we watched bits and pieces of it. I don't think this year we ever sat down and watched the movie from the beginning to the end, but we were in and out of it so much, I think we saw everything again. But we've seen it so many times, we know how to piece it all together. And in fact, we noticed this year that we've seen it so many times that we began noticing the little goofs, you know, the errors that are in the movie. For example, when the mother comes down on Christmas morning wearing that chenille, is it chenille robe? Is that what you call it? Uh, Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. My mother had one just like that. And when she comes down wearing it, uh, one scene her sleeves are rolled up, the next scene the sleeves are rolled down, and the next scene the sleeves are rolled up, and then so you sit there and watch to see how many times her sleeves go up. Or the furnace setting there. The furnace is a major uh, character in the story. 
And if you watch in the scenes where the furnace uh, setting is there, sometimes it's this way, and then it's that way, and then it's this way, and then it's... So you begin kind of being distracted by little things like that. But in the movie, oh, and I forgot my little clicker here. Uh, In the movie... One of the sweetest scenes is Christmas morning when the kids come down and they open all their packages and all the presents are opened. And the father asks Ralphie, he says, well, did you get everything you wanted? And his response is, almost. Because there was one thing that he had really, really wanted. Now, can anyone tell me what that is? And don't just say BB gun. Red Rider what? Well, y'all haven't watched it enough. <laughs> Red Rider carbine action, 200-shot range model air rifle. I'm sorry, I've got cheat notes up here. <laughs> yeah. With a compass in the stock, that's right, okay. So, <laughs> he hadn't gotten that. And his father is sitting there, and he looks over, and he says, Ooh, I think you missed a gift over there. And Rafi says, Where is it? Right back there. Behind the desk, it looks like there's something back there. What is that? And Ralphie goes and he looks. I didn't get this clicked over here. There's the unopened. There we go. And there it was. His BB gun, his air rifle that he had wanted so much. And you could just tell that not only that he got what he wanted, but all that suspension, finally opening that package. Well, I want us to think for a few moments today that maybe there's some presents that we have received this season that we haven't yet opened and put to use. This time of year, with the emergence of Christmas and then into the new year, is a time of reflection of all that God has given to us. Vance referred to that before he led our prayer. That Just to think about all the things God has given us and all the things He will give us through the year. And the question we want to ask is, have we opened those presents? In Ephesians chapter 1, as Paul begins his letter to the Ephesians, he lists a lot of the gifts that have come our way through Jesus Christ. Let me go back and read the third verse of that chapter, where he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He's saying that through Christ, God has given us all these marvelous gifts. And then he goes on to list several of those gifts. I don't think Paul would say he gave us a complete list of all that God has given us in Christ, but he at least gives us a partial list of the blessings that have come our way because of Jesus Christ, his birth, his life, his ministry, his death, his resurrection, and his ascension. So what I want us to do here for a moment is to go back and look at a few of those gifts that are listed and try to begin understanding what these gifts are. First gift that I want to bring up is being adopted as a child of God. Paul says that's one of the great blessings that has come our way. Sometimes we kind of take it for granted that we call ourselves children of God. But that would have never happened without Jesus. Jesus is the one true, as John describes him, the one unique and only Son of God. We can never be a being in relationship with God just like Jesus 
is in relationship with God. He is the one unique son, the one unique child of God. But through him and through his death and through his resurrection, we have been invited into the family of God as adopted children, that we have become a part of God's family, loved by him dearly and included in all the privileges and rights that go with being one of the children of God. Now tell me, is that a great blessing or not? Is that a present that is worth opening? Another thing that he mentions is forgiveness. What would it be like if God remembered every time we had offended him? Every time that we had stepped over our bounds? Paul uses the word trespasses. That God has an area that he wants us to live within so that he can continue to bless us. And how many times I've stuck my toe over that line? How many times I've jumped over that line? How many times have I hit that line at full speed and kept on going? What if God kept a record of that? What if he held it against us and said, because of those times where you have abandoned me, because of those times where you have gone and done what you want to do, then I will have nothing to do with you. What a wonderful gift he has given us when he gave us the gift of forgiveness through his son who came to live and die for us. Another one that is really interesting, I think, is being able to know the mystery of God's will. Now, that one is kind of, uh, you know, it's one of those that maybe we just kind of read over because this passage has such long, flowery language. You know, it talks about His pleasure and His will and God's glorious grace and the mystery of His will, and we kind of get bogged down. But we need to stop and appreciate what a gift this is. What does it mean that through Jesus we have been able to come to know the mystery of God's will. Well, because of who he is and what he did, then we are able to look back in history and see the unfolding of the plan of God. I am so grateful that I live now when I live. Because when I live now and look back through the, the written word of God, it all begins to make sense that we as humans have failed God, and we have died spiritually to Him. But God had a plan, and He began that plan all the way back in the Garden of Eden. And that, that He planted the seed, and he, he called people like Abraham, and He called people like Moses, those people who, who brought together then the children of Israel, and through the children of Israel, He brought Jesus into the world. And Jesus was able to meet the problems that we really have his problem of our sinfulness and our forgetting of God. We can look back and see all of that. Now, we know more about God's will and plan than Abraham did, than Moses did, than David did, than any of the prophets. The Hebrew writer tells us that they played a part and they were faithful in doing what God had asked them to do, but they didn't understand how their part fit in everything. And wow, we do. Now, you tell me, is that not a wonderful gift to receive? Because I don't know if I have enough faith 
in order just to see this little part of God's plan and invest myself totally in it. But he's laid it out before us. He said, here it is. This is what I've done for you. Come and be a part of it all. Another one of the gifts he gives us is an inheritance. Wow. Now, some of you have already received an earthly inheritance from your families. Some of you know that probably in the future you will receive some kind of inheritance. Some of you, maybe not. You know? And we think about what it is like to have this, this, this amount that is handed on to you that your family over the years has accrued and given to you and now entrusted to you to be used. Well, whether or not we have an earthly inheritance doesn't really matter. What matters is that God has laid up in heaven for us a spiritual inheritance that will never run out, that it will be there for eternity. It'll never be spent It will be given to us. And therefore, we can live with the knowledge that when this life is over, there is something even greater ahead. Another gift he mentions is salvation. You say, well, isn't that the same as inheritance or forgiveness? No, not really. Salvation means healing or wholeness. That God has put our lives back together. Out of all the things that come along, the bumps and the bruises, the broken bones, all the walls that we run into, God picks us up and dusts us off and puts us back together. And God can make our lives worth living, lives of purpose and meaning. One of my favorite definitions of salvation comes in Psalm 16, where I guess David thought he was writing about salvation, but that's the way I read it. David in Psalm 16 says this, Because of the great blessings of God, the boundary lines of my life have fallen in pleasant places. It's good to be me. It's good to be alive right now. It's good to be doing the things that God has called me to do. Salvation. Wholeness. Health. And one more we want to bring up, of course, he ends the passage with talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit. Wow, the blessing of God's presence in your life, His leadership, His guidance, His comfort, His peace is poured into the heart of each person that opens that heart and embraces His Son as the one blessing, the great gift from God. Now then, those are the ones that we want to look at just for a moment there. But I have another question I want to ask. How do you show appreciation for those gifts? What do you do to let God know that you really care that he has given these gifts through his son? Well, certainly you can say thank you, right? And and it's appropriate to do so. What happens whenever we get gifts from other people? What are you supposed to do? Say thank you, right? And You know, if your mother's on the job, what will you have to do? Write a thank you note. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing about thank yous is they can be very sincere or not. 
I found a thank you note that a child wrote to someone who had given a gift that said this, thank you for the gift. My mom checks to make sure I write thank you notes, so please tell her you got this. You kind of wonder how sincere that thank you is. So let me ask the question again. When you give someone a gift, how do you know for a fact that that person likes that gift and appreciates that gift? When you see them using it. That's right. Yeah. We always, it comes Christmas time, sort of rack our brains. What can we buy our kids, you know, um, that they don't already have? <laughs> and what, what, you know, it, was, it was hard enough when they were, well, it's pretty easy when they were little, but now that they're grown and have families of their own, what do you get them that they will really be excited about? A few years ago, we bought our sons watches. Um, I didn't mention this first service because I already talked about my cufflinks, but they were University of Texas watches. They're all big longhorns. And so we got, them, <laughs> we got them UT watches and didn't know if they'd like them or not. But just this holiday season, this was three or four years ago we did that. I looked around, they all had their watches on. I thought, yeah, we did it that time. Out of all the gifts we've given, at least we hit it that time, that they really like what they got because they had put them to use, and they wore them and displayed them. Well, you see where I'm going with this. We look at a list of gifts that God has given us, and the first question is, have we opened those gifts to begin with? And the second question is, how can we show God how appreciative we are that He's given us that gift? So I want to go back through here just a few moments here and allow you some time to kind of think. Uh, Yeah, you know I'm going to share some of my thoughts, but I really do want you to have a moment to just sit and think, okay, I've opened this gift. What can I do with this that will let God know how important this gift is to me? The first gift was being adopted as a child of God. How can you wear that gift? What can you do with that gift so that God can say, yeah, they got it. That person opened that gift. Well, several things come to my mind. One is certainly living to honor the parent, you know, to show respect and honor for a parent, just as we would earthly parents, but even more so for a heavenly parent. Another thing that came to my mind was living the family lifestyle, is important. You know, families have a certain culture and character and certain traits that are passed on to children. And and what a blessing it is for parents to see their children grow up with the values and the, the faith that are in that family. And how important it is to God that His children conform to His character and live their lives in such a way that bring the family of God honor and, and, and bring uh, honor and respect to the Father as well. And one other thing occurred to me is the thing that, that makes Pat and I the happiest is the fact that our kids get along with each other. It is so much fun to get them together in a room and notice them laughing and talking and kidding with each other and punching each other on the shoulder and whatever they do, you know, just to say they like each other. 
Isn't that good? Maybe that's why all through Scripture we hear the admonition that we should, as brothers and sisters in Christ, love one another, treat each other with respect and kindness and goodness. God smiles when he sees his children loving each other and getting along with each other. The other gift we mentioned was forgiveness. Now, this is a fairly easy one because Jesus himself, as well as the apostles in their writings, tell us over and over what we're supposed to do with the forgiveness that we have received. All right? Well, certainly one thing, we unwrap it and use it. We feel that you know, we, we have peace of mind and heart that God has forgiven us. But how do we put it to work? By forgiving others. By living as people of grace ourselves. That we don't hold grudges. We don't seek vengeance. We treat other people with kindness and humility. And things that have happened between us, we're able to find a way to get past those things. And we're able to give the same grace to them that God has given to us. This is important in all areas of our life. It's especially important in God's family, as Scripture points out. And I want to suggest to you it's especially important in your earthly families as well. I don't know why forgiveness seems to be most difficult within our families, but it is. We seem to have the longest memories of things that we don't appreciate about someone else in the family, some way that they are treating us, some attitude that they have. And we let those things break us apart and push us apart. The question we ask is, how well are we doing at putting to use the forgiveness that God has offered to us? Running out of time, but knowing the mystery of God's will. How do you wear that one? What does it look like if you... For God to say, I am so glad that I laid all that out for that person. That person gets it. Well, one thing that came to my mind is that I live within that reality. I live in the reality that God's kingdom is here. And that the, God is, is, is over the kingdom. That is, Lord Jesus Christ is Lord over the kingdom. And that they are my rulers and I am the one who is a servant to them. And that this world is headed to a better place. That there will be a new Jerusalem. There will be a new earth, a new heaven. All of these things God has laid out and said, this is where history is going. And I try to fit myself into that and let my life be conformed to that reality. Quickly again, an inheritance. How do you live? You know, I'm getting to the age now where you begin thinking, okay, I put back this amount of money. How much longer do I think I will live? Am I going to run out of money before I run out of life? You know, what do you do about it? Anyone else ever think about that? I know you guys haven't yet. You will. But you do, don't you? You sort of figure out. And, you know. Well, what do we do if we know that spiritually we are going to live forever and have all the riches of God himself? How does that change our lives right now? For one thing, it kind of takes a clenched fist that we may be holding on and opens it up, doesn't it, to be more generous people while we live on this earth. But certainly to live with the confidence and not let life get us down, that things are always going to be bad and things can never get better, to know that that inheritance is there. Salvation, wholeness, 
just to be able to walk and know that God is healing our, 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 our wounds. He's putting us back together again. Uh, I like to remind you a book that really influenced my life. It's called The Wounded Healer, where we are called upon to bring wholeness and salvation to people in the very areas where we have experienced the healing of God. The very things that have knocked you down and when God has picked you back up, that is the areas that you can go and bring salvation and healing into the lives of others through the power of God. And then finally, the Holy Spirit. As Paul said later in Ephesians, he said, if we live by the Spirit, which we do, let us be guided by the Spirit. We can't afford to live our lives without a a daily awareness that God lives within us and consulting Him and asking Him and being sensitive to His promptings and His leadership and His guiding as He takes us on through this life. Well, that's all the talking I'm going to do, but I just want you to reflect yourself and say, what will it look like in my life when I put that gift on? So that God can look and say, wow, that person gets it. They're wearing the gift I gave them. They've put it to use. Of course, all this is dependent on whether you've received the gift of God, Jesus Christ. Whether you've opened your arms to him, you've put him on in baptism to live under his authority and his rule so that these gifts may be opened up to you. If you haven't taken that step, that's the first step to make. And once you have embraced him, let these gifts flow into your life. Wear them, use them, and let God smile upon you. Let's be standing as we sing.